hello, hello, everyone. Good evening. Amanda Grace here with you tonight with Mr. Cyrus is with us. So Cyrus is going to be with us during Grace Out Loud tonight. Uh, we're going to talk to Marty. I was telling him about God's sense of humor backstage before uh, we went live, and we'll talk about it briefly. But I'm going to bring in uh, my host, my co-host, Marty Grisham from Loudmouth Prayer in a moment, the other half of Grace Out Loud. So welcome to everybody coming on. Welcome to our viewers around the United States and the world and our moderators and Ark of Grace team. Thank you for helping us do what we do for the Lord. And now let us bring in Marty Grisham. Hello. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Cyrus. Yeah, yes. They, they, Cyrus is here. I'm going to give him a treat in a moment. Uh, right after we open up in prayer. Yes. Ready? So what we'll do is uh, I'll open up in prayer because me and Marty are switching back and forth. Hey, make sure you let me know every time Cyrus gets a treat because Jenny's going to give me a treat too. So. <clears throat> okay. So Cyrus is going to get a treat, Jenny, in about four minutes or so. Okay. She's got Obviously, some beef jerky. Grace the Dove is not out flying around for obvious reasons because Cyrus has to get used to her. He's a very gentle dog. <laughs> But he's big and he has to get used to her. Don't you? Oh, you're laying down. Look how cute. Cyrus is laying down. So, well, shall we? This is going to be an interesting yes. night tonight. So let us open one. up in prayer. Okay. And then uh, we will go from there. Okay. Thank you, Lord. So, Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, we come before you, Lord. We praise you that you are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise due your name. Father, we humble ourselves before you this day, Lord, asking that the pull of the flesh becomes less in our lives, so you, your will, and your power become more in our lives. We acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the earth, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. He died at Calvary. A transaction happened when his blood dripped onto the mercy seat and we were purchased back to our father in heaven. Lord, we praise you. We rose again in three days, ascended back into heaven, took his rightful place victoriously at your right hand, where he rules and reigns forevermore. He is our advocate, Lord, before your throne. And we praise you and honor that before you this day. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we invite your presence in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, to fill this place, Lord to fill this broadcast, Lord, to move, Father God, that the weight of your glory would saturate the atmosphere, that the power of your presence would be felt, that you would lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, might, power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. Father, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of Almighty God with authority now come forth, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, take all the glory for yourself. You are the potter, we are merely the clay, and you are the author and finisher of our faith. Without your breath of life in us, Lord, we don't have life, Father. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise today, Father God, as you go before us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, Marty, before amen. we caption this, this, we have some things to show. Uh-oh. So, we're going to be in Tulsa this week. Yes. We're coming to Tulsa for two events. Yes. Yes, we are. So I'll show both. So the first one is with Clay Clark, and that's the reverse Davos event. So we're going to be there March 23rd. And then we've got the Tulsa 
healing revival that we are doing with Marty and Jenny Grisham. <laughs> and that is March 25th. So Marty, would you like to talk about this a little bit? Sorry, I was going to Pac-Man you. Hey, so yeah, we uh, we are spending literally um, at right now about 14 hours a day preparing, studying, being in the Word, spending time with the Father early in the morning, working all day, getting everything ready. It is going to be, we sold out about a week ago. Um, it is going to be such an amazing event. We're so thankful that you and Chris and your team are coming to join us. It is absolutely, I've got a lineup. It's absolutely going to be powerful. And I tell you what happened, Amanda, we we never really got to marketing and telling everyone in Tulsa about it. We started sharing it on your show and then just my my morning or everyday show. And basically people from all over the nation are driving in, flying in wow. from all over the place. I mean, I don't even recognize that many names from Tulsa. Most people are really coming from other states. So I'm really excited. And, and they're coming in needing a touch from God. And I'm so glad for that. That's pulling on you and I. That's pulling on... I've got other ministers that are joining us, powerful men and women of God. That's pulling on us, and we're going to bring the Word of God. We're going to trust God. We're going to reach out by faith and take what He's already given by faith. We're going to just take it. So I'm expecting miracles, healing, signs, and wonders. It's going to be an absolutely wonderful day, a whole day, a full day, like 12, 13, 14 hours of just healing sessions, and a wonderful time in the Lord. So I'm excited about it. It's going to well, be great. I'm excited about it too. It's going to be powerful. Yes, ma'am, very much. It is. So praise the Lord for that. So we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to seeing all of you in Tulsa. And yep. we will be there this week. Yeah. So probably. before we play caption this, Marty, I have to show this. So... I'll explain the situation and then I'll show the picture. So uh, Stephanie, who's a trainer, ended up rescuing two Belgian Malinois puppies. I consider it a rescue because the, the guy who had them was really shady. And she felt she had to get them out of there because if they fell into the wrong hands, something happened. These type of dogs have a very high prey drive. They are very intense working dogs. The military and the police happen to love them for that. They are yeah. from Belgium. Uh, and so she took them, both of them. And here is the picture of them. Here's me with one of them. There is River and Maggie. Maggie is in the pink collar. And uh, we uh, we basically ended up having them at the house today to begin to socialize them. But they're being fostered. One of them by a member of our team is fostering and Stephanie as the other. So if you are interested in adopting them because we have to get them adopted and they have to go to a family that knows how to deal with a working dog. So please keep this in mind. You can email right here. Mommy D Rose at gmail.com. That's Stephanie's email. And she will, uh, I believe, give you an application or vet you about uh, these adorable little puppies. And they are adorable. And Missy totally kicked into mama mode <laughs> with these puppies today and was just completely mothering them. Completely is mothering them, turning on her side, trying to nurse them. It was quite comical, actually. Cyrus did amazing as well. Here he is. Cyrus is laying down right now, taking a, a nice little nap. So we're just going to give Cyrus a bone. 
right? Oh, what a good boy. While we do Grace yeah. Out Loud. Now, we have captioned this to do. You give, Did you give Cyrus a snack? I did. I gave Cyrus a snack just now. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do caption this, right? So, Marty, we're going to do yours first. A little turkey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Isn't that just a beautiful family? Isn't it? Wow. Gumbo. And what's the name of your puppy? Mackenzie. Mackenzie, Gumbo and Mackenzie. They look just like me. I can, you can call them I, mine. I'm going to call this stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> <clears throat> this is a I great thing. It. It's adorable. Mackenzie is adorable. Yeah. Well, how old is and she? It was Nine? puppy themed this week, right? Was Our that? caption this was puppy. Yeah. Because then I had a caption this I sent to you. Correct. Mm-hmm. And a good one. This was it. So, um, <laughs> it looks like it was a shot where the tongue was hanging out in front of your cheek there. Uh-huh. And so I was thinking like doggy pop, like instead of a lollipop. Doggy pop. <laughs> a, 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 or a lollipop. Lollipop. There you go. That's Missy and Cyrus hanging out together, having a play date. Yeah, you look mm-hmm. like you're having the play day. You're having more fun than they are. I was. I was having a very <laughs> good time. Cyrus just happened to wiggle himself under my arm uh, when this was taken. So very cute. So that's our caption this for this week. I love it. Great. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, Marty, <clears throat> we got yeah. some stuff to talk about tonight. Well, you're going to get us kicked off. You got some stuff the Lord's been talking to you about and showing you. And I'm. Uh-oh. We're going to pray in Jesus' name we don't get this kicked off, Marty. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. We'll stay balanced in the word. Yes. But the cool thing about God, he's not just word, but he's also spirit. And there's enemy who's spirit. And they there's demons and there's principalities and there's powers and there's rulers of the darkness of this world. There's spiritual hosts in high places. So there's this whole demonic side, the enemy side. So it's good for us to know about. It's good for us to see what they do and how they do things. Mm-hmm. And so you've got some stuff the Lord's been, I, I believe he's been showing you, mm-hmm. of just on the side of darkness revealing, because, you know, we're capable of seeing the enemy's moves. So uh, what's been going on this week? Well, I'm going to take us to 1 Samuel for this. Okay. So I have to read this first. 1 Samuel Chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 10, 13 through 15, and then uh, verse, verse 21 through 22 in chapter, six, in chapter 16. So I believe this is chapter 16 right here, verses 21 through 22. So I'm going to read all of these, okay, to set the, the, to set the stage here. Of, of, of why we need to talk about this, okay? Okay. After this happened, that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Now Absalom would rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was whenever anyone who had a lawsuit came to the king for a decision, 
that Absalom would call to him and say, what city are you from? And he would say, your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy or king to hear you. Moreover, Absalom would say, oh, that I were made judge in the land and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me, then I would give him justice. And so it was whenever anyone came near to bow down to him, that he would put out his hand and take him and kiss him. In this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Verse seven. Now it came to pass after 40 years. Okay. So Absalom goes away. He says he has to go uh, <clears throat> fulfill a vow that he took after 40 years. He goes to Hebron. The king says, go in peace. This is important because the number 40 here is, mm -hmm. is, is a pivotal number. It's always a number of something that's about to change and, and really in a way fierce, it fiercely turn. So this happens in verse 10. He goes, so he goes to Hebron but he lies. He's not going to fulfill a vow to the Lord. In verse 10, then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. And with Absalom went 200 men invited from Jerusalem and they went along innocently and did not know anything. Then he sent for Ahithophel, the Gileonite, David's counselor from his city. So now David's own counselors are, are in conspiracy with Absalom while he offered the sacrifices and the conspiracy grew strong for the people with Absalom continually increased in number. Verse 13 through 15 of chapter first uh, Samuel chapter 15. Now a messenger came to David saying the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, arise and let us flee or we shall not escape. Make haste to depart, let us lest they overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servant said to the king, we are your servants ready to do whatever my lord king, the king commands. So they end up going out of the household, but they leave 10 women, 10 concubines behind to tend to the palace. Verse uh, chapter 16 of 1 Samuel verses 21 through 22. And this is where Ahithophel begins to counsel Absalom. Um, and this is crucial to what I'm about to talk about. And Ahithophel said to Absalom, go into your father's concubines who he has left to keep the house. And all Israel will hear that you are, are, are aboard by your father. Then the hands of all who are with you will be strong. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the top of the house. Okay. And you can just figure out what Absalom did from there with the concubines. Okay. So why am I reading all of this? Marty, if you'd like to interject before I start playing, uh, you know, prophetic, uh, prophetic puzzle put together. I'm going to let you do your prophetic puzzle. <laughs> it's going to okay. be much better than any interjection I would have. Okay. So <laughs> right now there is a spirit of Absalom that is the counterpart to the spirit of harlotry that we saw in the book of Hosea in the time of Elijah. We're seeing it now uh, begin to advance. It's also part of that spirit of Ishtar that was part of being thought to oversee divine law. Now, this is important because it's a false divine law that this spirit looks to raise itself up through the law. It looks to raise itself up above the law and usurp and then take down leaders from there. 
So on January 20th was the first reports that a golden eight foot tall statue was placed upon the New York City courthouse. This golden statue eerily resembled, Ish, resembled Ishtar, who also happened to be the false goddess of fertility. This statue had to do with law and abortion. Okay. So from the time January 20th, when the first reports begin to surface, really January 26th is when many reports surfaced about this statue being placed there. But it was 59 days from January 20th to tomorrow. Now, we all know what's being said is going to happen tomorrow about an indictment coming down on a certain president, okay? 59 days between the installment of this statue being reported and indictment, because tomorrow will be 59 days. I started to look up this and do some research to see what I would find. And before I continue uh, with, with just putting these pieces together for a minute, Psalm 59, Marty. So 59 days. Psalm 59. You know what Psalm 59 says? Mm -mm. Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Defend me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloodthirsty men. For look, they lie in wait for my life. The mighty gather against me, not for my transgression nor for my sin, O Lord. They run and prepare themselves through no fault of mine. Awake to help me and behold. You therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to punish all the nations. Do not be merciful to any wicked transgressors. At evening they return, they growl like a dog and go all around the city. Indeed, they belch with their mouth, swords are in their lips, for they say, who hears? But you, O Lord, shall laugh at them. You shall have all the nations in derision. I will wait for you, O you, his strength, for God is my defense. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. Do not slay them, lest my people forget. Scatter them by your power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride. And for the cursing and lying which they speak, consume them in wrath, consume them that they may not be, and let them know that God rules in Jacob to the ends of the earth. That's Psalm 59, which I find interesting. Now, why this is important with this Absalom, spirit of harlotry, Ishtar, that went atop the New York City courthouse. And then not long after that, they started talking about indictments. What did Absalom do in order to try to usurp David and try to and try to steal the kingdom away from him? He colluded with his concubines, right? Yeah. Yep. The law in New York City right now, we could say, is pitching a tent and colluding with a certain concubine, mm -hmm. a certain person mm -hmm. whose uh, name has to do with, with Storm. And yeah. in a very similar fashion, there is a collusion going on in a similar manner, the way Absalom colluded to usurp because that spirit of harlotry was with him also, which seduces first, and then it tries to usurp and take. 
So it seduces and then allures and then it usurps and takes. And we're seeing that happen right now before our very eyes. Well, so what do we do? I mean, it's, it's obvious that types, there's shadows, there's cycles, things happen. Then they happen. Now they come back around. Um, so it's no great surprise. I mean, we've seen the darkness is a really good way to say it. We could say all these different words we could use to describe it at the end of the day. It's just pure darkness. We've seen it come in so many different levels and forms over the last few years, and this is just another level. See, God's got a plan with that man. That plan's been there all along, mm-hmm. and God doesn't just forfeit his plans because pressure comes against his plan. He causes the people of God to have insight into the mm-hmm. plans of the enemy. Yeah. Just recently, um, I had a, quite an interesting period of time where the Lord began to deal with me uh, we actually had a prayer meeting, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, and we had quite a few people in the city of Tulsa come in and had some of the leaders, some of the pastors and different leaders in the city of Tulsa. And I got up to, it was one of, it was a loudmouth prayer meeting, and I got up to begin to lead the meeting, and the Lord began to speak to me, began to deal with me, that we're stepping into a season that he's allowing us, the body of Christ, to mm-hmm. step into, where's my snack? My yeah, snack sorry. lady. <laughs> snack lady's gone. <clears throat> that he's allowing us and revealing to us the plans and the details and the strategies and the tactics of the enemy before the enemy even can implement them. Yes. I believe the hour we're in is fixing to begin to evolve more and more that we, those that know how to pray, that we that knows how to say, that we that knows the word, that knows that we actually are walking now in the victory, we're walking now as the triumphant church, that we will be shown the plans of the enemy before the enemy's plans, which that's already a large part of what your ministry and a large part of what you do. But we're going to get more and more into the details. And so this is, I believe this is a a turning point to where this is the door of more, if we could say the wisdom of God, because the wisdom of God is not about now or yesterday. The wisdom of God is about tomorrow's. Mm -hmm. He's going to open the door more of the wisdom of God to, to reveal to the people of God, intercessors, the prophets, the apostles, different people that endeavor to step in and take care of things in the realm of the unseen. Amen. And, and yeah. you know, I, I'm going to say this, that this is a abating moment. Um, yeah. It happened with Absalom. What did David do? David left and he retreated to higher ground. And then what happened? Absalom came in on a mule, not a donkey a mule, a hybrid that cannot reproduce. And that was his downfall. When he came in on that mule into the forest, he hung there and that was his downfall. So there is a baiting here. And this is going to be my, this is what I'm saying. They want you to protest. They want you to protest, to lure people in. Okay to turn the dialogue, to say it's violent, to turn it violent purposely, to plant people within. You're better off getting in the streets and crying out to God on your knees right now for this nation than you are doing anything else. So if you're going to go out there, get on your knees and cry out to God because that's going to be a lot harder for them to flip than protesting. 
And I'm serious about that. That's what they want. That's what they're going to try to stir up. Absalom tried to stir up the people. And what did David do? He retreated momentarily to higher ground to position himself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and so what happened there and what we're seeing today, which you so, so well revealed and showed that, um, what's going on today is it's about what a person's called to do. Mr. T, what the person's called to do. And there's a call and a grace and a gifting. And many times, now we got to understand in the body of Christ, we don't always get God's plan fulfilled. And some people, they get a little off in that. They get to thinking, oh, God's plan is going to come through because he's so sovereign. Well, God is sovereign. And when we work with him, God is sovereign according to his word. God's not going and doing out everything in the world. He's only doing things in line with his word. And some things that are happening in the earth were never were his will. So if he had a plan and a purpose for Mr. T, President T, if he had a plan and purpose for him um, that's not being fulfilled, it could be because we could have dropped the ball. Now, and there's been great division in this, hasn't there, Amanda? There's there's been great division in this. And so in this division, if we can just keep coming back together. So uh, I guess I've never been told a lot of revelation from the Lord about that presidency, but he did take me twice in the spirit to stand before that person, before that man. And the second time I was standing before him and the Lord said, reach out and put your hand on his chest and pray this over him. And so I'm in the spirit. I reach out. I'm standing before him. It's almost, it's not like an open vision, but it is a closed vision, but it is very realistic. And I'm putting my hand on his chest. And the Lord said, I want you to pray three things And I want you to lead others into praying these three things. And the Lord said, I'm calling for divine intervention. Divine intervention is is the words he said. And he said, in that divine intervention, for someone who's usurping to be removed and for that man to take back the place again. And in that, the Lord said these three things. Pray that that man, that president, the one that we... Uh, you know, believe is in, called to that location, um, called to that seat, that he be surrounded by the right people that advise him the right way. Well, Amanda, we know that's been a major problem, been a major problem with rhinos and other things. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you about a dream in a minute. Yeah, um, cool. Go on. Yeah, good. And so the number one, that the Lord, that we, we pray that the Lord surround him with the right people, the right counsel. And number two, that this divine intervention that 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 Mr. T, President T, would know the time to implement it and know how to implement it. And the Lord said, "Pray these three things." I can't remember what um, was it Pennsylvania we were at the reawaken from the stage. I led the crowd of thousands into praying over those three things. Those are the three things prophetically. The Lord said, "Pray these three things over uh, over this situation." So the Lord is still endeavoring to get things in place because he still has a plan and a purpose for that man. Amen, Marty. Amen. And I I find this no coincidence that this is happening between Purim and Passover. That window between Purim and Passover leading up to Passover, we see this happening and, and this battle beginning to 
engage where Pharaoh wants to bear down on the people more by bearing down on the leaders more. And Pharaoh wants to harden his heart and do that. I don't find it coincidental, the timing of this. Okay. Because uh, between this Purim and Passover, probably more so than any others we've seen in times past is probably going to get the most pressure filled and the most intense with events that we go through leading up to this. Now, there was a dream I had last year. I had this dream last year, way before any of this happened. And I spoke about this dream on Ark of Grace publicly. Chris is over here. Chris, do you want to come sit here? Sure. Come on, sit here while we're talking. So I was standing in a very fancy office building. I think it was his. I think it was it was President T's. And somebody hastily went by me who really wasn't concerned at all about what should and shouldn't be done. Okay, let me just say that because that's what a lot of the advisors are doing right now. They're doing things in haste, having no concern for the effects of it. And they handed me a plate of food. And this plate was so heavy and so bogged down and filled with everything rich and heavy and piled on that was going to do nothing but weigh him down. And they said, give this to him. And they ran by and they handed it to me. And I hesitated because I looked at this heavy plate and I, and I hesitated. All of a sudden, a chef in a glowing white coat appears in front of me and snatches that plate of food away from me and says, that is not what he needs. And hands me a plate of food, a very humble plate of food that looked like a little portion of white rice with some pot roast over it and gravy. Comfort food, humble food, very different from the filet mignon and everything else that was being bogged down on the other plate. And they said, this is what he needs. And they handed it to me and they said, now go give it to him. I was ordered. Now you go give it to him. And I began to walk down the hallway because I knew he was in the office down that hallway because before I was handed the first plate of food, the Lord took me there fast to peek in to see he was there and he was there doing business. And then the Lord took me back to the other side of the hallway again, where it looks like it was this big waiting area. And I began to walk with this plate of food, this humble plate of food (laughs) down the hallway when I woke up. And this is before any of this. This was last year. Well, there's some um, there's some eagle anointing going on with you. So obviously that's got some uh, something to do with that there, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. I know it was your it was your prophetic friend who said that, wasn't it? Yes, yes. He's probably yes. going to watch us tonight. We talk every few months. Hello. What's his first name? Well, his so they make they they're the ones that did the the the, the painting for you. His wife is the painter, remember? Yeah. Oh, we have that up in our office. That beautiful picture of me holding Moses yes. with the lead on. Yes. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but so it was fascinating because this happened last year uh, before any of this. And so it, it, it kind of gave me a picture of what was really going on yeah. and, and what really he was being weighed down with that was actually going to make things worse for him. 
and what he really needs, which is very different. Yeah, very different. God knows. God knows how to get things to where they're supposed oh, to be. Oh, yeah. Amen. And it's Ooh, our man. job, Brother Chris, it's our job that we don't give up. We don't stop. Mm-hmm. We don't push. stop pushing forward. And a large part of what we're longing for right now is a unity in the body of Christ. And there's been much division that's tried to keep different people, you know. Um, you know what? The last week or two, Amanda, I've really had an interesting, the Lord has been, I tell you, he's been just, he's been showing me, you know, for many years, he's dealt with me to show me his plans versus man's plans. What happens with man is man can even be shown God's plan, let's say, for that individual. But when when pressure or circumstances comes and pushes against God's plan, many times man will step over into the mind of reason, the mind of logic, yes, the mind of, well, Sorry. I guess reason i guess it's- that's where we want to go immediately is to logic and reason you're right when there's a pressure filled or a situation or a problem we immediately want to go there yeah so early on in this challenges we've had with that gentleman being in the seat he belongs in that he was voted in early on uh, in the very beginning we saw that there were more people that understood the attack against him but then many we're not correctly interpreting the heart and the mind of the Lord. And because they weren't correctly interpreting, and that's where the prophet's office comes in to yes. help interpret that, to help share that. But that's where the prophet's office began to be attacked. But the further we got into this attack on him being in the seat that belongs to him, the further we got into that, the more natural men and women got into reason, started listening to TV stations and news stations they probably shouldn't have listened to. And they got over into the logical reason inside and they basically just completely forsook the plan of God. And then they second guessed and said, well, that should have never even been the plan of God because that guy used to have a show and he uses bad words when he speaks and he spoke about women this way. And you know what? I mean, then don't put David on pedestal because he did the same thing. Honestly, come on. Let any single one of us without sin cast the first stone. Pick them up right now in your comments. Pick up a stone and go to slinging. But none of us have lived at such a place where we have not been at fault. That's why that man's been given the blood of Jesus to get cleansed. That's why we've been given the blood of Jesus. So I'm asking for people to go back to the plan of God concerning this situation and whatever happens tomorrow happens. But at the end of the day, we're going to be backing up the original plan of God. I perceive, and you give me your opinion, please. Okay. I perceive the plan has not changed at this point. No, I don't think the plan has changed either at this point. I think I think this is, just like with David, this is the enemy trying to usurp and steal the kingdom. Now, the interesting part of how Absalom ends up being drawn into a battle with David is that Absalom had some advisors that were used to be David's advisors. And David had a particular advisor with him, and they prayed um, that with, I believe it was with one of the advisors with Absalom, that when they spoke, uh, that he would not heed the wise counsel 
but he would take the foolish counsel from the other advisor. Absalom took the foolish counsel because this spirit, when it influences people, tends to go for the counsel that satisfies their flesh that satisfies that fleshly yeah. desire to usurp and take and steal, they tend to go in the direction of that counsel, which is normally foolish counsel in the eyes of God. So Absalom went for the foolish counsel, was drawn into that battle with David. He rode a mule. Now, David rode a donkey. Absalom rode a mule. There is a difference there. There is a difference. Jesus rode on a donkey. David rode on a donkey. Absalom rode a hybrid that cannot reproduce, that is known for its stubbornness. They are riding a mule in on this. They are. New, the, the, the individuals in this state that are doing this are riding in on a mule. And they're riding in on that mule to there to become victims of their own foolish devices. Absalom had no business riding a mule into the forest. A mule is meant to bear burdens. That's what it's meant to do. They're bearing this burden on a mule and they're riding it into a very dicey area with this. A dicey area that will not necessarily come out in their favor. What do you think of that? I'm having a little internet trouble tonight. I saw that. That's okay. I kept talking, Marty, about yeah, the good. difference here. But it, but that spirit looks to allure first, seduce, and then usurp and take. And that is what we're seeing happening. And when the New York Times, when that God awful statue, and it is awful to God, no, there's no mistake about that, yeah. was raised atop the New York City courthouse. And the New York Times said, move over, Moses. There's a new lawmaker in town. There that was right there, that spirit trying to usurp the plans of God, set itself up and then go after those God wants to carry his plans out. Right there. It is no coincidence. This is all happening after that statue went up there. This is that spirit of harlotry. It's. Uh, it's the spirit of, of Ishtar at work, who is the counterpart of Baal. You know, they are at work in this nation. We are watching them at work here. Now, here's the thing. We have the authority of the believer. And the fervent, effectual prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Man. Fervent, consistent, bombarding yes. the throne room of God, effectual yes. prayers availeth much in this. That is our strategy that God is giving to you right now in this hour. That's it. Bombard yeah. the throne room of heaven with fervent, effectual prayers. Yeah. Because they are going to availeth much in this hour if that is done. Yeah. And the Father moves when that comes his way. The Father He's waiting. You know, I, I heard one gentleman who who always in his life, he'd had a lot of visitations with angels, uh, a wonderful minister of God. And he wrote a book on angels. And he basically said, I read the book years ago. And he basically said, angels are standing around you all the time, waiting on you, waiting. On, they've been beckoned by the Father. They've been sent by the Father. They're, they're waiting 
waiting for us to put them to work, waiting for us to do our part. When we pray, when we are fervent, when we're effectual, when we bring that to the Father, the Father gets them busy on our behalf. Now, we can put them to work, but also in our prayers, the Father will put them to work. And so the Father is waiting on us to pray, waiting on the unity of the body of Christ, waiting on the body of Christ to just grab that very, very simple delegated power called the authority of the believer and just go to swinging with it. Because it's really not a great fight of faith when the enemy's already been defeated. But someone's saying, well, why is the enemy doing so much? Because the body of Christ has done so little. It's time. That's why I'm so thankful that you got the Authority of the Believer book and you've been given out. I don't know how many you've given out. We buy it for people. We still will. If people want to here, I'm going to put this up right now because I think this is very important to do. If you will email the hello at arkofgrace-ministries.com with your name and your address and your apartment number. If you live in an apartment, we will buy Pastor Kenneth Hagin's book for you, The Believer's Authority, and send it to you. People should have this in their hands in this hour and use it. They should use it. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That is in the book of Hebrews. And this is what we have to do. We have to be diligent right now. The enemy in this hour is being diligent. You're dealing with diligent demons. And I remember when Krista Bullock had said the Lord had said that to her when she was battling with her health. These are diligent, methodical, strategic demons and rulers of the darkness that we're dealing with, which means we have to be diligent. We have to be wise. And we have to be methodical in the steps that the Lord gives us to do. Those those demonic spirits, they're operating at their best. They've had a few thousand years to perfect their systems, to know what they're doing. The failure here, Brother Chris, is the body of Christ has not been operating at its best. This wouldn't even be a fight. This is not even a fight. When we rise up in the authority with our mouth, in authority, we take care of business. We were supposed to the, the prophetic message in the authority of the believer, because the pagan, he was in a vision of Jesus. And this little monkey demon came between Jesus and Brother Hagen. And Jesus was talking, but Brother Hagen couldn't hear Jesus because this little monkey demon was going yakety, 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 making up a smoke screen and making a lot of noise. And this is what's happened today. All And so Brother Hagen's like, Jesus, aren't you going to stop this? Aren't you going to stop the distractions? Are you going to stop the tactics of the enemy? Aren't you going to stop the hindrance that this demon is coming against me, being able to fellowship and talk with you? And Jesus never did anything. Finally, Brother Hagen got to such a point of frustration and anger, he screamed and said, in the name of Jesus, shut up, and the spirit shut up. And that's the same thing that happened with Smith Wigglesworth when he was standing on a street corner. I don't know if he was in London or where he was, and he saw a lady with a small little dog that ran up to the lady, and they're on a street corner. She's waiting on a bus. There's a little was up there, and she stomped her foot real lightly. I said, now get up. I was in a good place for you. The puppy just stood there trying to lick her on the leg, whatever, you know. And she stomps her foot. Now, puppy, get on, get on. And the puppy wouldn't leave. Finally, she stomped her foot and screamed, get out of here. And the puppy ran away. And the Lord spoke. The Holy Spirit spoke. That's how you have to do with the devil. 
That's what we're needing. That's when we step into the fullness of who we've been made. When we step up and we shout and we sling our hand at him and say, no, I'm stopping you in your tracks. I'm driving down the road a few years ago. The devil had been coming against Jenny and I. I don't remember what. It's been plenty of stuff over the years. I'm driving down the road, right? And I just let it rip like a tater chip. I go off and put the devil in his place in the name of Jesus, and I'm shouting, and I'm just having a hee-haw time right here in Tulsa, right? Uh, when I got done, everything calmed down. I'm driving, and the Holy Spirit said to me, I've been waiting on you to do that. Yes. This is what we're, this is the, there's not that much we're lacking. It's just yeah. this. Right. We would be stopping all of these attacks. We would be stopping the advancement of this darkness, and we would be driving back this darkness. Yes. So I, right. all the people say, Jesus, please. Yeah. I need this. Why are you not doing this? And he says, I really did. All I did. 2,000 years ago. <laughs> That's yep. it, Chris. Yep. Chris says Use that it, a lot. right? Yes. Use it. Yes. Our yeah. Holy Spirit. Yep, because half the church is actually helping advance the agenda of darkness. Yeah. So the other half, right, has to rise up then. <laughs> yeah, it has to rise up then. Yes. To put it back in its place. Yeah. The mm -hmm. devil needs to be put in his place in this hour. Along and, with his minions yeah. and rulers and, 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 and those that want to do his work. They have, Pharaoh made an advance and then he was put in his place. We're seeing the same thing happen. Absalom made an advance and then he was put back in his place. Yeah. Why? Because David got up. His men got up. They fought for it. They stood against it. So we, you know, we have to understand that that uh, Moses and Aaron stood up and they fought against it. The two of them, it wasn't like they had tons of people with them when they did this. It was the two, if two or more are gathered in my name, the Lord says, I am there in the midst of them. And he was there. So yeah. the enemy tried to advance to a vessel. Yeah. The Lord let it come to the brink to bait them. And then he smacked them. He layeth the smacketh down and put them back <laughs> in their place is what he did. And we're seeing the same thing between the window of Purim and Passover. Purim and Passover, this advance that's going to be smacked down back in its place. Yeah. It may get a little ugly before that happens, but the Lord allowed it to come to the brink with Absalom. He allowed it to come to the brink with Pharaoh. He allows it at times to come to the brink to bait them in. When the seas parted, Pharaoh thought Baal did it. <laughs> he thought Baal parted the sea to give him the Jews, and it was a setup. When Absalom was given that poor counsel to go in a certain way to war with David, it was a setup. It was the same thing. It was putting a hook in their jaw and leading them in for that spirit to be brought down. Um, a little while in the comments, probably about 10, 15 minutes ago, one of the writers, um, someone that wrote a comment, they just said, I believe they said these words, where's justice? And that's when we were talking about President T and different things. And when I saw that, I, I knew exactly what I would say to that question. 
Um, justice is waiting on righteousness. Amen, Marty. That is so true. It's waiting. Justice cannot prevail until the church steps into that right standing relationship and stops acting like a fool. It's just that simple. And I have to say, I don't want to, it's not like I'm trying to be a bearer of bad news, but the Lord showed me that there will be many leaders in the church that will not wake up until the great harvest actually begins. It will be a huge flux of people that come into the body of Christ. And there's leaders that then get woke up to, oh my gosh, I wasn't ready. I need to get ready. I need to prepare. How do we take care of all this? And so, I mean, the most powerful designed to be, entity organization in the entire existence is the body of Christ, but it's been acting so asleep and Amanda, not that much has changed. Sure. We've seen this wake up and this change, but there's been so, so many leaders that are just not doing their job. They won't stand up for culture. They won't stand up and, and be a voice in the, in the education of our little ones. It's, it's ridiculous. It's sickening how we're seeing this and it's not changing. Very, very few. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's where justice is. Justice is held back until righteousness is embraced by the body who is the very body of the head, the Lord Jesus. There is the righteousness, the right standing that the body has with the head. It's not being embraced. They're not um, exercising who Jesus is in the earth and authority. Righteousness is not being walked in and justice is being held back because of it. That is so true, Marty. Justice and righteousness partner together. Yeah. Righteousness prepares the way. It announces justice. You're right. That's what it does. It announces justice. It, 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 it clears the way. It opens the door for justice to come in and have its way. You know, a a real life example of this that I think is so crucial in this hour is months before Hitler rose to power in Nazi Germany, a man by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer saw what was happening. And he gave on Reformation Day an incredible sermon trying to call the church back. There were 18,000 Protestant pastors in Germany at the time. 3,000 of those 18,000 signed a document called the Confessing Church, standing for righteousness, trying to raise that standard, which would have brought justice. 3,000, more thousand of Protestant pastors, stood with Hitler and aligned themselves with Hitler to advance that agenda. 12,000, the reigning 12,000, faltered between two opinions and spoke not a word. Had three more thousand of those 12 signed that confessing church document and stood for righteousness and stood for what was just, Hitler would have never came to power. So it is true that that standard of righteousness has to be raised. It has to be carried by the church. It we have to stand in unity with it and of one accord with it because that's what ushers in justice. And that didn't happen in Germany. And that's why that spirit 
of Antichrist, that spirit that loves to raise broken vessels up like that. That's why Hitler came to power. That's why. And we have to remember that in this hour at the church because there's a bunch of woke pastors out there. And there's a bunch of pastors out there that don't want to stand for righteousness, that want to usher in the wolves and the dogs of war and think they're doing God's work. Those 3,000 pastors standing with Hitler thought they were doing God's work and they were deceived by that spirit of harlotry that lured them in and hooked them up in agreement that agenda you see we have to come out of agreement with those things and we have to come into agreement with the righteousness of god we are the righteousness of god we have to come into agreement with that as the church in this hour amen and one of the one of the things so there's we have the body of christ and we and then part of the body of christ are the fivefold ministry gifts the leaders and and we can say leaders and so we have the entire, but now the leaders are part of the body, but they're also, the Lord said to me one time, they're called to be the generals out on the front line. How many, Amanda, are not on the front line? <laughs> How many are sitting in the back is, pew? The, the leaders are sitting hard. in the back pew. We're wondering yeah. if they're even saved half the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Ephesians 6, Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. Paul showed how you and I can pray for your pastor, for the leaders of the church. Pray also for me, Paul said, that what that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so boldly um, that I may make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may proclaim the gospel fearlessly. Isn't that good? Yeah. As I should. It's the will of God for all of the leaders in the body of Christ to rise up. According to Paul, and if you're going to throw away Paul's writing, well, good luck with that. Paul said we should proclaim the message and the truth fearlessly. We should be an ambassador. And then also that we would be given that the Lord, we can pray for them, that the Lord would boldly give them boldness that they can make known the mystery of the gospel. Well, that's to make it known in government. That's to make it known to the superintendent of schools of the children in your community. And your, you know, that's to make it known at the school boards. That's to make it known everywhere. To step in and say, hey, listen, I see the agenda you guys are trying to drive, but there's a, there's a local pastor showing up, speaking to the school board. I see the agenda, the twisted, perverted agenda you're pushing. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm pushing too. I'm, I'm a gospel pusher. I'm a Jesus pusher. And this, my way, God's way is the right way and begin to stand up and be a voice. We just had some things happen here in the city of Tulsa. The church didn't step up again. Many, many are not stepping up. Local churches are not voicing concerning a specific line items with the local school board and all, a lot of things happening. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they need to stop trying to protect their paychecks. They need to stop trying to protect all the stuff going on. They need to start fighting for the children, Amanda, God is getting tired of this. They need to stop, start fighting for the body of Christ and stop being fear, fearful. Start yeah. being fearless the way Paul is writing here. Mm-hmm. You know, fear is in many ways, righteousness will give you boldness. 
which will give you utterance to speak what the Lord wants you to say. Fear is the opposite of that. Where fear will do nothing but pave a cobblestone road of doubt and hesitation and worry and burden. Fear will turn you into a mule for the enemy's agenda. And the enemy will make you bear burdens for that. Whereas where the Lord yokes, the enemy burdens. And there's a difference with that. And so the enemy would like nothing more than for everybody to drink the Kool-Aid and the, and the cauldron of fear that he has concocted right now and cause them to hesitate in what he wants the church to do. The church is always hesitant because God truly, they don't know God as Jehovah Jireh because if they did, they wouldn't hesitate when they have to do something. That hesitation comes from not knowing God as provider, as protector, as strong tower, as Jehovah Nisi, our banner, our Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. From not knowing him, they don't know him. And this is the whole problem. You got a bunch of buildings calling themselves churches that don't know God, that God does not call friend, and that have distanced themselves and put themselves in that pit of fear where the enemy has them, where now he has neutralized their ability to be effective through Christ. Yeah, yeah there'll be a lot of leaders that'll be replaced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, um, I agree. There's going to be a lot taking place, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, we can get God to move on their behalf. We can pray for them. Yes. And that's it's it's wonderful for the prophetic ability to see the problem, but God never shows a problem most of the time without already having given the solution. And we have all in the Word. But you know, at the at the number one thing that the body of Christ, because we can look at President T, we can look at this, we can look at all the things going on, we can get discouraged, we can wonder where's justice. That was a great comment. I'm, just glad, I'm glad they said that. We can have all yeah. these big question marks. If we stick to what the Word says, the Word of God, through the very ministry of Jesus, the very number one thing that God wants us to do is to preach and teach the Word of God. See, the Word of God, according to Peter, is like, um, I have it right here. The Word of God is like a seed. First Peter one twenty three it says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed, by the Word of God. So the Word of God is like a seed that will be sown with teaching and preaching into the ground of man's heart or woman's heart, obviously. And when we go to Mark 4 and you read the parable of the sower, the first half of that chapter is the more complicated version of it. And then the second half of that chapter is Jesus describing, okay, guys, I know, I'm sorry, disciples, you're confused here. Let me describe to you and explain the parable of the sower a little bit easier to you. And he begins to describe the parable of the sower there in Mark 4. He talks about four types of people, and each one of their hearts was ground. And the word needed to be sowed by the sower. Well, who's the sower? Well, that's every single one of us 
who've been given a ministry of reconciliation according to the book of Corinthians, that we are to preach and teach and just share, even if it's just sharing your testimony. But the word of God, the gospel, the same way we heard about we could pray for pastors, we could pray for leaders, that the mystery of the gospel, they'll want us to share it. We can also pray this over ourselves. Yes. And we'll have a boldness Amen. to sow yeah. God's powerful word into the soil of man's heart. That's how you get saved. And then you pray. Then you pray for the Holy Spirit to water that seed because then the Holy Spirit, because the seed's been sown, the Holy Spirit, as you pray for them, as you pray over your city, as you pray over your local area, the Holy or even the nation, the Holy Spirit can water that seed that was sown. And what happens when you put water with seed that's in good soil? It begins to take root. It begins to sprout. It begins to bear fruit, and it bears fruit unto salvation. What I just described is Christianity, how we win the battle, 101. Sure, we need intercession. Sure, we got to come against demons at times. Sure, there's a wrestle. But at the end of the day, this, what I just described, sowing the word into the soil of the lost into their hearts, that's how the harvest looks like. Now we see why the word harvest is so special because you're harvesting all these lost souls while you've sown the word in them that that's then watered with prayer and it takes root and it produces fruit and that fruit the and Jesus and 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 it was called by James the precious fruit of the earth that's the harvest that's what's fixing to come our way but it can still even be delayed and all the amazing, wonderful things and the Asbury's and the colleges, it can still even be further delayed if oh, yeah. we, the body of Christ, do not start to pick up the preaching and the teaching and the praying for the word that's been sown in people's hearts. Do you know, Marty, that there are 365 fear not scriptures? Wow. There is around 365. Wow. Fear not. Isn't that interesting? One for every day. Wow. And when when you are in this every day, this is your sword. You see, when you have your sword, you're less afraid, yeah. right? When my sword is up and ready, I have a defense. I have a defense. I know I can defend myself. What happens is people have put this down and they're defenseless. Yeah. And then they wonder why, you know, they're getting their butts whooped by the enemy he's waiting for you to put this down he's waiting for you to put your shield of faith down he's waiting for you to put it all down and be told well you don't have to do any of that the lord's just going to give these things to you or you know we could change scripture and you could believe this and you could believe no none of that if we're soldiers in the army of the living god and we are at war when you become a child of God, you automatically are at war with the kingdom of darkness. Absolutely. Automatically. So say America and Canada, right? Canada yeah. declares war on America, which we're not, we're not hoping for, but for, just for an example, once that happens as an American, we're automatically at war with Canada. Yeah. There's no middle ground. We are automatically at war with the kingdom of darkness. And we have to understand that. And there's something called resisting. Resist the enemy and it shall flee from you. Resisting yeah. is not this nicey, nice word. Nope. It's not, oh, please go away. Or please, another time would be better. No, it's literally locking up, 
standing your ground and shoving back because you're not going to move. They're going to move. You're not moving off your position with the Lord. The enemy's going to move. You're forcing a retreat on the enemy's part. You're causing him to expend so many resources on you that are not working. It becomes not worth it anymore because he can find somebody weaker. That's resisting. That is what we need in this hour, a resisting of the enemy and his plans and purposes and standing on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, standing on our mark and making him move making him move. And when you're doing that, when you're resisting, when you're automatically at the war war with the kingdom of darkness, it's not going to be pretty always. And it's not going to be fun. And sometimes it's going to feel lousy, but you stay on your mark and you resist until the enemy moves. And one thing, the kingdom of darkness yes, yes. is here. But when we the thief jesus and follow him we're in the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is better than barkness and the got the power to defeat barkness yeah that's right for sure amen the enemy's a genius in some in some aspects um, because right in the middle of you and I and many of us wanting to rise up and and noticing who the true enemy is. Remember, because Ephesians six, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we 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 perspectively, by the heart and the mind of God, we see who the true enemy is. And you know what he does? He turns around and tries to throw a man or a woman in front of us and get us to looking back at flesh again. And we'll get angry at flesh. We'll get frustrated with flesh. And we'll look at this supposable leader and this situation and this guy and this gal, and we'll do all of that. And the enemy's just sitting there, just smiling and saying, that was so easy. All I had to do was throw a person in front of him for him to get angry with. Instead of resisting the enemy, now they're resisting a person who the enemy's endeavoring to work through. And that's not how we win. The, that's not how we win the, the triumph that we already have been given. That's not yeah. how we take ground we have to stay focused on who the enemy is the enemy is never a man or a woman not that you stand can't stand your ground and 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 even in the natural or spiritual stand your ground with people but at the end of the day you have to resist the enemy you have to exercise you were not given i was not given the authority of the believer over mankind we were given the authority of the believer over satan and all of his demons Mm-hmm. Amen. And yeah. and Satan has studied human behavior for a very long time. He has studied it. He has watched it. He has taken notes on it. And this is why he does the things he does. He has also studied the pull of the flesh and what it does to people mm-hmm. and what triggers people. If we don't think he's been studying this and taking notes, we're fooling ourselves. This is why we need from the Lord eyes to see and ears to hear what the spirit has to say, because they'll blow the whistle on him. The Holy spirit will blow the whistle on him. The counselor before the attack ever comes, he'll expose it. He'll show it, which means, you know what you get to do? You get to rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ and cut it off at the pass because the last thing the enemy wants is to be caught before he gets there. Yeah. I think it's really good. I just keep hearing divine encounter. I, I think it's good for us to pray 
sometimes for leaders in the body to have a divine encounter because many of them have lost the heart and the mind of God for the hour we're in. They've gotten very comfortable. But there's nothing like Jesus just walking in the room and having that encounter with him to get everything straightened back up again. I've had him walk in a few times with me and straighten me up. Even this morning, I was praying this morning, and it took me about four or five minutes. It didn't take real long, but I got in the spirit. I was pretty sleepy. I was pretty much in the flesh, but about 530 in this morning, I started praying, praying in tongues. It didn't take but just a few minutes, and I got in the zone pretty good, and I found Jesus, and we're just communicating. And he basically said, you've not been asking me some things. I can't do some things for you if you don't lay those at my feet. And how you do that is you ask me my insight, my wisdom, my opinion, my correction, my proof, my reproof, my direction. You ask me and you it's like it's like submitting it to him and it allows him to begin to speak and lead and guide. Many times his arms are tied because we've not asked. And this is how it is a large part of the time. The body of Christ has just got themselves sitting back, not taking care of business. So it's kind of like what we're covering tonight over and over is some things that we can adjust in our own personal lives and just even in the body of Christ, things we can adjust to get us moving the right direction again. That's a a good way of putting it, an adjustment. Uh, The body of Christ needs a hard adjustment. When you go to the chiropractor, mm-hmm. right, and he says there are things out of sort, what does he do? He gives a hard adjustment and he snaps it real fast yeah. back into place. And it doesn't feel comfortable for a moment, yeah. but it's necessary to bring things back into alignment yeah. the way they should be and aligning with the will of God. So in order for that to happen right now, the Lord's got to give a hard adjustment to body of Christ, pastors leaders former leaders they're all getting it the hard adjustment is all going around because the lord has to snap things back into order to accomplish his will and bring it to pass that only not only the leaders but all the people yes of the world Uh need it they all need it you know, when, when you don't feel well, right, you see you see a physician, and hopefully it's a good physician. Uh, and the Lord is the great physician. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is the one that gives the adjustment. Mm-hmm. And there is going to be an adjustment, and people are going to hear some cracking and moving and see shifting, and that's okay. Because the Lord the is pushing it back in its place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chris's shoulder cracks all the time. Yes, but <laughs> healed. Yeah. The Lord had showed me quite a while back the three hours of the church. He said, I'm going to show you the three hours of the church. The first one was the hour of corrections where he was revealing all the things that needed to be corrected. The next one um, was the hour of prompting adjustments where he was going to prompt us the adjustments to make because of the corrections that he'd shown that he wanted. And the third hour, which I believe we're in right now, is the hour of divine placements. He said he's going to divinely put his hand upon those those who have prompted and adjusted because they saw the corrections. Not everyone, Amanda, right? Those that are usable, those that are faithful, 
those that are asking, use me, Lord. Lord, show me. Lord, how can you, how can I, um, what can you do with me? And those people, this third hour, he said, was the hour of divine placement where his hand will come upon us and he'll put us in position. I'm seeing right now over and over and over people that he's dealing with endeavoring to get them to unclog their thinking because they're wrapped up in man's plans. They're wrapped up in the way they think success will come. They, they're wrapped up in the way they think ministry will come. They're wrapped up in the things that seems right to the eyes. Remember, remember the apple, the apple that Eve, I mean, that was a good, or, you know, it probably wasn't an apple, but whatever the fruit was, it was very pleasing to sight that situation. It was a lure. It was something that drew them to want, you know? And so in the middle of all of that, the enemy is always bringing this fruit that just looks really nice. And it's just to keep mankind out of the perfect plan of God. There are people that know God's good plan. They know his acceptable plan. They know the perfect plan. They know it, but because there's a little fruit, a little apple, a little candy apple, a little caramel apple dangling over here on the side that's always luring their attention to that. I think I want to pray, Amanda. I think I want to pray over our listeners as we close tonight. Yes. Pray that um, and have them pray with us. Yes. That yes. if they're not in line with God's best, if they're not in line with God's plan, if they've tried to accomplish things out of their own plans, that they would forsake those and run back like the prodigal son, run back towards the things that God has for them. Because that is that divine placement where, because what the Lord said to me was, I'm trying to get my people in place. The great harvest is coming and I need them to be in place, a place of usability. Amen. I agree. Praise God. Will you start us off uh, in a, with a crazy uh, puppy dog prayer or whatever kind of powerful prayer you have? One thing is true. Um, Repay and the people could pay too. Yeah. But we gotta believe what the Lord is gonna do. And now if we pray and it happens, believe it and we gotta receive it. Receive, receive it, it uh-huh. too. Yes, believe it. Yes. Amen. This is, yeah, the same way in the book of James where he said in James chapter one, if you lack wisdom, just ask. You know that he gives it liberally and without reproach. Reproach. Believe you receive it just the way just the way Chris is saying. Believe you yes. receive it just because you asked. And yeah. so when we pray this for him to show us and redirect us and adjust us, we believe even though we don't even see it or feel it. Once we prayed it, we've so emptied ourselves of being in control that he then is just going to start moving things around for us. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Praise yeah, yeah. yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, we just praise you. We come before you, Father God, gathered together here, Father God, the gathering of the ecclesia, Father God. We just thank you and we praise you. We give you all glory, honor, and praise to your name, Father God. Lord, you say we have not because we ask not. So tonight we're asking, Father God, in Jesus' name. We're coming before you, Father God, and we're asking, Lord, in Jesus' name, for you to liberally fill us with your wisdom, 
your counsel, your might, your power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. Father, that you would truly in this hour, Lord, in Jesus' name, unclog our ears, take the film off our eyes, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit has to say, Father God. Adjust us, Lord, and bring us up higher, Lord, that we, Father God, may hear you more clearly, we may see clearly, we may know you and know your voice and as strangers we will not follow you say my sheep know my voice and as strangers they will not follow lord do not allow us in this hour to follow the voice of the stranger and do not allow us father god to get into our flesh and to get into offense and let the enemy throw out a lure by what he is attempting to do father god by what he's attempting to do in this nation by what he's attempting to do in our lives, by what he's attempting to do in the church. Father, check us and stop us from getting into our flesh, Lord, in Jesus' name. But let us see past what's happening, Father God, into the realm of the Spirit, Father God, and see what the Spirit is at work, Father God, in Jesus' name, so that it may be rebuked, Father God, and cast back to the pits and dry places, Lord, it came from, to be bound there in the name of Jesus Christ and not return or have anything sent in its place. Father, we just ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, to keep us focused, pressing towards the mark of the high calling, running the race set before us, that we would not veer to the right or to the left, Father God, but we would continue running the race you have set before us. We would continue our steps being ordered, Father God, in the direction you have deemed, Father, and we would not allow the enemy to allure us in a direction or bait us in a direction, or anger us in a direction, Father God, you do not want us to go. For your ways are higher than our ways, and your thoughts higher than our thoughts, Father God. Bring our thoughts into alignment. Bring our souls and spirits into alignment. Bring our tongues right now, Father, in this hour into alignment with your word, Father God. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let us speak, Father God, boldly what is in the word, and let this be used as an instrument, Father God, for your glory in this hour to bombard the heavens that change may be evoked that things may shift on many levels that things may be realigned repositioned and brought back into order that have become jumbled and out of order father that we will hear you clearly through the noise through the confusion and through any other uprising that the enemy attempts to cause father we thank you lord that you would make a way where there seems to be no way we thank you that you set the captives free father god that the net that they have cast Father God, that and the pit that they have dug, they will fall into themselves, Father God. What they have cast out, the pits that they have dug, Father God, thank you. They are falling into it themselves, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Father God, that you are protecting us, that you are armoring us up according to Ephesians chapter 6, that the whole and complete armor is going on your people, Father God, today and every day in Jesus' name, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that nothing takes you by surprise, that the earth is your footstool, that you are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, that your eyes wander to and fro across the entire earth, Father God, and that you see what is happening in this hour. And thank you, you are giving unto us the strategies 
the words, the scriptures, Father God. You are showing us into the future, Father God, what is coming in order to prepare your people to be ready, that they may rise up and rebuke the devourer and take their rightful place, Father God, as your heirs, Lord. We thank you for this tonight. We thank you that you have heard us, that you hear the cries of your people. You hear the cries of your children, Father God, that we have called on you and you will show us great and mighty things in this hour, which we know not in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now, uh, let's take authority over the enemy. So every single one of you watching, you repeat after me and join your faith in the authority of the believer. And, oh, I don't know, a little bit of that tenacity, a little bit of that anger. Like when Smith Wigglesworth stomped his foot, or that lady stomped her foot and made the dog flee. Um, get a little bit of that, that just get ornery with the devil, as we say in Louisiana. So Amen. repeat this after me and just join with me. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Satan, I command you. Satan, I command you. To stop every tactic against me for God's plan for my life. To stop every tactic against me for God's plan for our lives. You will not keep me from God's plan. You will not keep me from God's plan. You will not keep me from walking in his fullness. You will not keep me from walking in his fullness. I command every tactic and strategy. I command every tactic and strategy. To be revealed unto me. To be revealed unto me. And I command you to cease and desist. And I command you to cease and desist. And acting out against me. And acting out against me. God has a plan for me. God has a plan for me. He's got a placement for me. He's got a placement for me. He's got a position for me. He's got a position for me. And you'll not keep me from it. And you'll not keep me from it. I stop you now in the name of Jesus. I stop you now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold. That's such a powerful, beautiful word of Jesus. Behold. In other words, come on, wake up. Look at what I've done for you. Behold. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. That's, that, you, you can't get any simpler than that. That's what we just exercised. We just stopped him. So now, as Chris said, now, as Chris, Brother Chris said, let's take the plan of God and the purpose and the placement of God by faith. So what do we do? Thank you, God. Now I'm in your plan because of how we prayed, because we stopped the enemy from deceiving us. Thank you, God. Now we walk in the fullness of your plan. Well, someone could say, well, it doesn't look like you're in the plan. No, 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 no. That's what it means, taking it by faith. You're not moved by what it looks like. You're moved now by what you believe. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord. Praise the Lord. Good. Amen. That was great. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Good way Thank to finish your night. Yes. Amen. 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 So, well, Marty, I'm going to see you in a few days. You and Miss Jenny. Just a few days, not long at all. Just a few days. We're going to be in Tulsa. Uh, and then the next Grace Out Loud. And where is my Mola? Gumbo? Yeah. I'm sure Marty's making it. Okay. Oh, well, here's... You talking about this guy? No, yeah. he's talking about food. But Beautiful. you know, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you will have a gumbo. I will uh, have okay. one pre-made. And I actually, that's a really good idea. We could have, Chris, I could have that brought to your room in the hotel 
And so oh it my could goodness. be Marty, be don't a, don't start that. It, you said a, it. A hot tub gumbo, Chris. Pisces <laughs> didn't say it. He so. did say it. He did say it. And he he said it publicly now. So mm-hmm. okay. 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 So I need to start. I need to put that in my plan. Busy <laughs> week, but I've got three hours. We'll make a really good Chris gumbo. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you, Marty. Thank you. Well, hey, we love you guys. We'll see you soon, okay? Love you. Good. Yep. Oh. The next case out loud will be a week from this Thursday. Yes. And just in case anyone doesn't know and couldn't find me this morning, hey, I got kicked off YouTube for one week. Welcome to the club, Marty. Dun, 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 dun. Congratulations. Yay. Clap with your gumbo. Yeah, so I got kicked off of YouTube for one week. I don't even know why. I don't know. I'm not even going to care. But so thankful for many of our people that came and joined us in Facebook and Rumble this morning. So yes. probably the next four or five days, we'll keep doing that. Wonderful. All right. Thank you, Marty. Bless you guys. We'll see you soon. God bless you. Bless see you me. soon. Okay. And that concludes Grace Out Loud for tonight. What a powerful Grace Out Loud. All glory be to God. Cyrus, what's the matter? Cyrus is getting antsy. Come here. You want to come say hi to everybody? Yes, I don't know if we can. Oh, there you are. See, there I am, Mom. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we'll be back a week from this coming Thursday, 10 days from today, with your next Grace Out Loud. So we are always going to play what we play at the end. Cyrus says good night. Me and Chris say good night. Armor up according to Ephesians chapter 6. Walk in faith. Walk by faith, not by sight right now. We need to walk yes. by faith, not by sight. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Good night. Hello, everyone. This is Amanda Grace, and I wanted to tell you, if you are interested in where you should invest financial matters, if precious metals, if gold and silver is something that you should invest in or should be a part of your portfolio, please go to bh-pm.com. That is bh-pm.com, Beverly Hills Precious Metals, Andrew Sorcini, who has been on Art of Grace before. He loves to answer our viewers' questions, is more than happy to guide you and to answer your questions and to help you in those financial matters. So please go to bh-pm.com today. Thank you, everyone. God bless. You want to support an amazing patriot that's doing so much for our country and be a blessing, you can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARK, A-R-K, to save up to 66% or sometimes more off of all MyPillow products. They are so much more than just pillows. They have amazing bathrobes, they have sheets, they have slippers, they of course have pillows, and they even have dog beds. And I will tell you a fun fact, Noble, our pig at the animal sanctuary that many of you know and love, has indeed slept on a MyPillow dog bed. So if you'd like to be a blessing, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARC. God bless everyone. If you are looking for an excellent doctor, if you are looking to get healthier, if you are looking for guidance, go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. Dr. Mark Sherwood and his lovely wife, Dr. Michelle, have the Functional Medical Institute in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Both myself and my husband, Chris, and let me tell you, God bless Dr. Sherwood because Chris was a top nut to crack on this. But Chris is finally on board and we are both 
patients of his, I have to tell you, they have helped us tremendously. They also have an amazing line of products that are excellent for your health and can help you get your health back on track. So if you would like to make an appointment with them or you want to go see uh, what they are all about, what products they have, you can go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. If you would like to grow your own food with what we see going on right now in the world with not only food supplies, but what they are doing to our food, you can go to amandagracegrows.com. These are amazing hydroponic growers. In fact, we have one in our parrot room, and this is an indoor one we have where you can grow food all year round, actually. Vegetables all year round. And we are doing that actually for our birds and our animals at our sanctuary. They also have outdoor ones. They actually yield 30% more and grow the vegetables three times faster. So if you would like to learn more, go to amandagracegrows.com. God bless. And I have to tell you something, they work. It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, to immune system boost, dog pain. They are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I yeah. tried the pain patches and yeah, I gave them I to my uh, VP of operations also, Ronnie. And she said they worked as well. She was yeah. quite shocked, actually, but she said they worked so, and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes your brainwaves. This one is neuropathy. I actually have it on and we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walked him out and wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> so it's good. Hello everyone, it's Amanda Grace. I'm coming to you today to talk to you about Reawaken America. I have been humbled and honored to be a part of Reawaken America since April 2021 when the first one was had at Rima Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I have to say, I have watched so many amazing moments happen for the glory of God at Reawaken America and seeds get planted in the lives of those that are still seeking the Lord. We have seen many people uh, get set free, healed, delivered. Uh, we love to pray over people at Reawaken America. Um, I have prayed with so many uh, amazing people, which include Marty Grisham from Lamar Prayer, Prayer, Pastor Todd Coconado, uh, who also deals in deliverance as well. And it has been uh, an honor and a privilege to pray for so many people, to be able to minister to them, for my husband Chris to be able to minister as well, and uh, for, for Clay and General Flynn to allow me 
to to even speak there, to even speak and, and speak what the Lord has to say. People need the word of the Lord in this hour. That is what they need. Uh, and so Reawaken America has been a chance for people to come and not only hear the word of the Lord um, and hear biblical teaching and be prayed for, but also to get necessary information they need because the word of God says it is the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. Um, and so it's been an incredible experience for us. We hope to see you at upcoming events uh, that are coming up this year. Uh, and we are excited to see you there. God bless everyone.